Hello, my name is Scott Harris, and welcome to the DMC Podcast. It's uh, my pleasure to welcome all of you, and thank you for joining us on whatever uh, outlet you're using. Uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about the transfer of management, something that is not fun to be talked about for a lot of dairies, uh, for any business, quite honestly, but really particularly in the dairy industry, there's a lot of this going on. And, and unfortunately, I think many times it doesn't get talked about, it doesn't get discussed. And then the next thing you know, they try to do it without having a plan in place. And it turns into a bit of a disaster. And so we're going to talk with uh, with Heather Slesser of uh, Dairy. She's a dairy agent with the University of Wisconsin. Uh, bring her in in just a second and uh, we'll let her talk more about this and uh, it was an article that we'd come across in uh, uh, Progressive Dairyman, a very well written article and so we're going to dive right in. Welcome to the MC Podcast, my name is Scott Harris. My whole life in dairy farming, grew up in it. Thank you for having me on your podcast, appreciate that very much. It's been exciting to watch you guys work. So I would like to bring in Heather, and the, and the, and the correct name is Slesser, correct? It is correct. Yep, Heather <laughs> <That's> Slesser. <right. laughs> uh, when, when you see the when you see the wording in the good old uh, way I try to pronounce things in Southern Illinois, I definitely was going to put a ch in there, but it's not there for uh, <laughs> pronunciation purposes. Correct? Correct. Yep. We we have officially butchered that ourselves, so don't worry. About that. <laughs> that's right. That's the way we do it. Yep. That's the way we do it. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming in, Heather. Why don't we start to start off? Why don't you tell us just a little bit about you and tell us about kind of your role there at the uh, as a dairy agent with the University of Wisconsin and where you're located, all that fun stuff. Wonderful. Um, So, Scott, I'm originally from Illinois, actually, Um, got my bachelor's, master's and Ph.D. from the University of Illinois and then taught agriculture in McHenry, Illinois, up in the Marengo area. Um, or actually I taught at Marengo High School for three years until I got this position here up in Marathon County. Uh, So Marathon County is the largest county in Wisconsin. We are located centrally within the state, so right in the middle part of the state. And then my office is here in Wausau in the center part of the county. So I've been in this position uh, with the University of Wisconsin for nine years now, working as their dairy educator in, in Wausau here. Okay, a lot of cows in Marathon County, correct? Correct, yes. Yeah. Is it? It's probably one of the highest cow populations, I would assume, in Wisconsin as well. Yeah, so Marathon County um, has one of the largest, where I think we're ranked second for the number of cows. And then as far as production, we bounce between second and third. So Clark County, just to our west, has ranked first traditionally for the last five, six years or more, actually. Um, and then Fond du Lac County has come in with milk production second in the past couple of years. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, great. Um, again, thanks for taking the time to join us. Your article is very well written and a topic that I um, I know you you probably in your I would assume in your role get to work with dairies of a lot of different sizes. And I'm sure you just like a lot of us have seen and we've talked about this on previous podcasts is um, there's a lot of change going on in dairy and there's a lot of a lot of a transition happening, either a transition to a next generation or transition to uh, different ownership or whatever it may be. There's a lot of it going on. And so um, your article does a really good job of addressing this. So if it's all right, let's just kind of dive right in. And the the what caught my eye from the very beginning was the title, uh, you know, Transfer Management, a Relationship Story. 
Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, if I'm the owner generation and I'm going to transfer management to the successor generation, there really needs to be trust there. Mm-hmm. I, as the owner, have to trust that that successor generation is going to take over that farm and run it and continue that legacy that my family has built up. And so what I mean by that is really in order to build trust, you have to have a relationship with that successor. So the article really focuses on taking that time that is needed to build that relationship and that trust between the owner and the successor generations. Yeah, absolutely. That's a a big part. You know, I think, you know, you look at it from a couple different aspects, I think, and would, would be my guess is that if I was in the position of that, number one is this is my legacy, right? I've, I've spent 20, 30, 40 plus years building this uh, from maybe 20 cows to now 500 cows or 800 cows or whatever. And uh, it's a big deal to, to uh, make that move and transition and kind of give up that control a little bit. Um, and, and you talked about how it's not even about age necessarily, right? It's uh, it's just more of the giving this idea and beginning this as looking at it, looking at it as a process um, versus uh, necessarily uh, having to be this big thing done overnight, mm-hmm. right? There's a process to it, and that's kind of what what you get into. And so, some of the key points that uh, that you kind of mentioned, I think every single one of them has their own kind of individual value, but. Uh, one of the things you talked about is to provide decision-making opportunities. Uh, talk through me. Talk through that a little bit with us. Okay. Um, so I'm going to relate it. I have two little boys. And if I never allowed them to think for themselves, never allowed them to make any decisions, and then they turned 18 and I sent them off to college, chances are they're not going to know how to balance their checkbook. They're not going to know how to dress appropriately for the weather. If I'm constantly dressing them for their first 18 years of life, they're not going to know how to cook. They're not going to know how to do their laundry. So if I don't allow them to make little decisions and, you know, control a little bit of their life growing up, they're going to fail when I finally kick them out the door. So, What we talk about in transfer of management is it's the same thing. If that successor is never allowed to make breeding decisions or feeding decisions or, you know, if you're a grazing operation, you know, what what field do they go on when? If they don't get to make those small decisions, then when they finally are the owner and the full operator of that farm, they will never have built up that knowledge base of what works and what doesn't work. because. I think, as we all know, there is a big difference between book smart and field smart, you know, or practical hands on. Um, And so you need you need a combination. Right. I mean, if the kid goes off to college, you can't expect him to come back and be able to know how to implement all of that and do the hands on aspect of it. You have to allow them to slowly and gradually build up that decision base by doing it and making mistakes. Right. I mean, for me, and I think for a lot of people, learning from your mistakes is one of the best ways to grow. Like, Absolutely. it's not going to do that again. It didn't work. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah, we have. I mean, you have to give people the opportunity to fail. And exactly. if you really want them to succeed. Uh, my, you know, one of my previous bosses, the previous owner of Master's Choice, used to tell me when I first started, he said, 
Uh, when I very first started, he said, I'll let you make $1,000 mistakes. I won't let you make $10,000 mistakes. <laughs> and then as I progressed in the business, he said, I'll let you make $10,000 mistakes. I won't let you make $100,000 mistakes. <laughs> and then that only got higher and higher. I don't think I ever got to unlimited, but uh, <laughs> eventually, you know, that number did grow. And that's kind of the kind of the main point of what we're looking at is and see. Now, we see a lot on our side of the business. Uh, you know, you see uh, grandpa turning over. Uh, seed buying decisions to grandson or, mm-hmm. or or dad turning it over to daughter or whatever it may be. You see a lot of a lot of that. It seems to be one of the areas that you see a lot of that go on is one of the first decisions they get to make is they can pick a few hybrids that they'd like to put on the farm. Kind of mitigates a risk a little bit on their side if they let them pick at least one or two, maybe of the six hybrids they're going to plant or something like that. Right. So that's a, it's a really smart way to kind of give them some ownership in the process. Right. So yeah, it's giving them that ownership and it's giving them that low cost decision making, right? So if you pick one or two hybrids and those hybrids do poorly, you're not sinking the farm, right? You still have feed because of those other hybrids that are out there. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, another one that, point that you talked about that uh, I definitely would not have thought about at all was to identify the management retention areas. Uh, talk through what that looks like. So with that, it's what areas does the owner generation want to keep management of versus what areas are they willing to give up? Right. Because the owner is the one that has all the risk when we first start this transfer process. It's their farm. They're paying all the bills. They are in charge of everything. So they have to be comfortable with what management areas that they're giving up in order to start building those decision making processes in the successor. So, you know, when we talk about that, it's basically just having them have a reality check. What can I give up? What am I willing to sacrifice and let them make mistakes on? Right. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense because there's going to be, you know, we've seen it in the dairy industry and you see it. I'm too sure, Heather, that, um, you know, the owner really loves the cows that, you know, he, he likes doing the cow side of the business. He's not ready to make a transition there, but he'll, he'll turn a lot of the other stuff over. Right. Um, But it's going to take him longer to make that move. And that's okay. We just need to identify that instead of trying to turn it all over at once. For one thing, it's, I'm guessing it's going to be, you know, it's a lot to throw on somebody in the transfer process to try to throw every decision on. Um, So why not identify and notice and and pay attention to the things that you are passionate about that you really enjoy and take your time with making those transitions and and transfer some of the other things. Yes, exactly. Yes. And so that leads perfectly into kind of the next point of your article is to organize transfer in stages. And so is there more to that alongside with, you know, that goes in after the identifying the management as far as the organization of that transfer in stages? No, I think you said it wonderfully, you know, picking those areas that the owner is willing to give up, you know, if it's some of the cropping aspect, if they're really in love with the cows, but just having that plan and it's a communication, right? Because just because the owner is willing to give up the seed choices doesn't necessarily mean that the successor is really wanting to do the seed choices, right? So having that conversation about when you're going to give up the different control, you know, whatever aspect of the farm you're going to give up. So maybe that successor is like, you know what, 
dad, I really don't want to do the seed selection, but you're willing to give that up at this point and I need to grow and I need to make some decisions. So I'm going to do that. But I'd really appreciate if in like six months or a year, if I could take over some of the breeding decisions because I really enjoy genetics. So it should be a give and take with both the owner and the successor creating a plan of what decisions are going to be transferred when. And there should be dates associated with it because, yeah, yeah, because that successor needs to know that this isn't coming sometime in an undefined future, right? Right. We don't want to keep that successor generation constantly on the hook wondering when is this going to happen? Is this actually going to happen? So part of this transfer process is that trust and it goes both ways. So in order for the successor to help build this trust, they need to have that timeline in place. Yeah, that's a great point. If I have an, an actual time to it, I could I could see that being a point that's easily missed. I'm glad you brought that up because, it, you know, I could see a lot of dairy owners saying, yeah, you know, eventually, you know, eventually we'll get you doing this and eventually we'll get you doing that. But when you put kind of a, a hard timeline, you know, on things, you know, you know, in two seasons, you're making the decision on crops in two seasons, you're making the decision on this or that. Um, that puts a hard timeline for both of you. In that right. transition, and, and you you really talk about and the wording you use in your article is amicable separation uh, being a key aspect of this. Of both sides feeling being amicable about how this transition is going to take place um, is such an important part because then then even though you're separating your partners in the separation, exactly and, and kind of the kind of the duties and everything of it. So, and so the uh, the kind of last part of your article here talks about the importance you know building relationships through the process or through phases. Sorry. Uh, and kind of through the process, but can you go off and do that just a little bit more as far as the relationship side of it? Yeah. Um, so in the article, I relate it to dating, right? Mm-hmm. So when we start a relationship with another person, we really don't know them. We don't have a relationship with them. So it's that dating phase where we're getting to know one another. And I think the transfer process should be the same because even though you may be father, son, father, daughter, mother, daughter, and you may have that family relationship, you have not developed a business relationship yet. And really until that succession is complete, you are working together as business partners. So you need to be able to get along and you need to be able to communicate with one another and work through that process. So in the article, we talk about, you know, that first stage is dating. And while you're dating, you're getting to know one another. But during that stage, the successor is learning from the owner generation. They're observing, they're learning, and there's that conversation piece going on as to why the successor is doing what they're doing and not just the successor doing it without the conversation piece. It's really important to have that conversation with the, did I say successor? Yeah. Sorry. I'll start (laughs) that over. (laughs) Cut this part part out. So during the dating stage, it's really important for the owner to discuss with the successor why they are making the decisions that they're making instead of just making them. So that why piece and that conversation around, around, their decision and their thought process to make that decision is what helps that successor generation learn what works and what doesn't work. So we really need that piece. And it can vary, right, from each farming situation. If that dating stage lasts a year, 
10 years, five years. It really depends on that relationship between the owner and the successor and how quickly they want to move through the process. But after we move from that dating stage, we move into the engagement stage, right? So we've decided we can work together. We want to work this out. We want to have this succession continue. So now the owner is going to start giving that successor some pieces of decision-making to do. Yeah. As And then we just gradually move on, right? We have the marriage stage where the successor takes on more of the management decisions until finally, as you mentioned, the amicable separation stage where that successor is then the sole owner, operator, management decision maker of that farm. But it is amicable, right? Because we've gone through this process. We've slowly built up that relationship. We've worked together. We've talked together. And we want to be able to still have that owner as a mentor or the past owner generation as that mentor to come in and help us out. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And I think, you know, this is not one of those times where less is more. This is a time where you need to be as transparent as possible. Um, let kind of, you know, peep, let them kind of see behind the curtain, you know, exactly. they, they don't maybe have an appreciation for how difficult some of this stuff is and how hard it is and time consuming and, um, the weight of all of it. Cause they haven't had to experience it really most of the time. Cause you kind of sheltered them from that. Uh, when in reality, if you want them to, to be able to do this effectively, they got to see it all, exactly. uh, and, you know, um, it's kind of, you know, the, it makes me think if you will slowly show them how these things go and open them up to it, then at when it, when the time comes, it's not like trying to drink through a fire hose, right? And, and they're actually learning instead of trying to get all of it thrown at them at one time. And so that's such an important part, you know, and if you really, I think the, the analogy there is perfect because I would, I'm thinking about my daughter, she's 15 now and, um, she knows what dad's like at home, but she has no idea what I'm like at work. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's never seen me work. You maybe hear me on a few phone calls, but for the most part, she doesn't know how I operate and how I go about my business and work. And, and so if I ever wanted her to make that transition, I need to let her be a part of that and see it and see, you know, how things operate. So excellent. Um, one of the things, so that's kind of brings us a little bit toward the end, but I, I did want to talk through, um, so if this podcast has kind of stirred up something for a listener, uh, they think, you know what, I, we're in this, this is us. We need, we better figure out uh, a plan here. Um, where do they need to start at Heather? Well, Thankfully, the University of Wisconsin, some of the farm succession educators have put together uh, Cultivating Your Farm's Future. And it's a book on farm succession that's out there and available to try and help farms walk through this succession process. And there's a couple of worksheets in here on transfer of management. So the main one that I want to highlight is the transfer of management worksheet. And it's divided into... um like different decision-making processes. So there's some listed for production-related, finance-related, human resource-related if you have employees, and then long-term and strategic planning-related. So under each one of those categories, we just threw in, you know, some processes or some decisions that the farm may have to make, right? And so, of course, there's probably more that the farm is doing that aren't on this worksheet, but think of it as a starting place. Mm -hmm. And So the idea with the worksheet is that then you would rate the owner would have a copy and the successor would have a copy and they would rate how much that 
one particular decision is being retained by the owner or is being done by this successor mm. at this current point in time. So on today's date, I fill this out and I say, you know, planning day-to-day work, that is 100% done by the owner. So I would circle the one under retained by owner. Now, if we had um, deciding the level of inputs to use and that's the successors doing some of that, then you would part pick a number somewhere closer to the five depending on that ranking. And then after we did that, the owner and the successor would sit down and they would talk and they would compare numbers. And the owner could say, you know what? I don't agree with your assessment that planning to work or planning the day-to-day work is a one. I think you do some of that. I don't do all of that. And they can come to a consensus on where they are and then have a conversation about where do you want to go into the future? So that allows you to start picking points, you know, that the owner is like, I'm ready to give this up. And the successor says, you know, I'd really like to do more of this. So it starts, it allows you to start that conversation piece and gives you some topics to start talking about. Yeah, that's great. Uh, we're, I think we can actually, I think we're going to actually put a link, um, to that worksheet in the, in the episode description, everybody. So if you want to, can want to take a look at that piece and I think that should link to probably some of the other items that the, you guys have out there and available as well. And so you can actually click on a link in the episode description and, and take a look at that worksheet. Um, looks like it's going to, it would be very valuable. Um, and I would say, even if you're a couple years away from starting this process, pull up that worksheet. Uh, take a look at it. Know what you need to be looking for. Know what the next phase is going to look like. Even if you're not there yet or you think you're not even that close, why not start that process now um, and get them as involved as, as you as you can? And so um, I think it's a good idea. So, Heather, any other final thoughts about this whole process? Anything uh, going on in the in relation to this or in the, the dairy industry that's jumping out to you? Um as far as something you'd like to hit on before we kind of close this out? Yeah, I would just say it is a relationship process. So it takes time to build that relationship. So making sure you start this transfer of management process earlier rather than later in the succession is probably, I don't want to say it's your most important because you do have the assets you need to talk about as well. But it is really important to make sure that we're also including the transfer of management piece in that succession conversation as well. Yeah, I think you can make an argument, Heather, that if you don't do this part properly, the assets you're transferring won't matter for much longer. I would agree. They're not going to stick around. So, um, but it can easily be avoided. So again, Heather, thanks for being on the podcast and uh, taking the time to talk about this topic that gets avoided, um, but is extremely important. And so we'd love to have you back sometime as a guest if it wasn't too painful of a process for you. (laughs) I think I survived. We're good. I appreciate being on and having the opportunity, Scott. It's been great. Absolutely. Again, you can check out these podcasts and anywhere where you get your podcasts and check out our other social media as well. YouTube channel, Facebook, um, Instagram, and uh, check us out on all those different platforms. I believe that's all. Have a great day. God bless.